Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every single day for just about 13 minutes. But even that short time keeps us in God's Word. It keeps us connected with our Heavenly Father. It helps us to have a better mindset to be able to deal with whatever the day throws at us. But it also helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, since faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So you see, being in God's Word every day is really crucial to our spiritual strength and development and our relationship with God. Now, you know people in your life, probably some within your own family, who they need to get into God's Word on a regular basis. They need to start thinking about their relationship with Him and about their soul's salvation. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means, but make that commitment and share every day with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around and ultimately get to heaven by getting them into God's word every day through these short studies. What a great blessing that will be for them but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, asking the question, is the church really necessary for my salvation? Do I really need to be a part of the Lord's church? Now, again, let's get rid of that idea. Do I need to be a part of a church? Because there are all kinds of churches out there that are not in keeping with God's word. Do I need to be a part of the church, the Lord's church? The answer, as we've seen, is yes, because the Lord adds to the church daily those who come to salvation through him. Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. We looked at a man named Cornelius, who was, from a human perspective, outward appearance appeared to be a very moral man. In fact, He believed in God. He feared God with his whole household. He gave alms to the poor people in his area where he was serving as as an officer in the Roman army. And those people to whom he gave alms were almost certainly the Jewish people, the poor people. And he helped them. He did that, even though as an officer in, in, in the Roman army, he was an occupying force within their nation and probably resented by the population as a whole, but some of them had apparently taught him about God, and he became a believer. He feared God, and he prayed to God always, but he was not saved because the text goes on in Acts chapter 10 and talks about how God, through the Holy Spirit, sent the apostle Peter to go to Cornelius's household and teach him and his household the gospel of Christ. And when he had done that and they believed, they were baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins. Acts chapter 10 and verse 48. Well, so they were baptized into Christ. He was not okay just because he believed in God and prayed to God always and respected God and gave alms to the poor. He needed to become a Christian. And as he came to salvation in Christ, and salvation is only in Christ, 
Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, nor is there salvation in any other name, for no other name has been given among men by which we must be saved. There is no Savior except Christ, and there is no salvation except in Christ and through Christ. Remember Romans 6 and verse 23 The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So Cornelius, while from a human perspective, appeared to be a good man, he was still lost in in sin because he was outside of Christ. People say, well, I I just don't think. Now, there, there you've already messed up. Well, my opinion, we're not looking for your opinion. We should not be wanting to ask what people think or what their opinion is. We want to know what God thinks. We want to know what God says. Man's opinions will not matter. When God hands down destinies, eternal destinies, on the final day of judgment through Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, we look at verses 31 through 33. And look what Jesus said. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and he's referring to the final day of judgment, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the right, uh, he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. A very descriptive and illustrative language that simply means he's going to divide the saved from the lost. And he will set the sheep on the right hand, and but the goats on the left. You know, a lot of people seem to have a mindset that just about everybody is going to be in heaven. Just about everybody is going to be saved eternally on that final day of judgment. Well, Jesus said uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, that most people are on the wrong road. He said... Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, life, eternal life in heaven. Few there be that find it, because wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction, hell, in other words, and many are going thereby, going down that road. They're on the wrong road. It makes a difference how we live our lives. It makes a difference where we are and what we are. And so man's opinions aren't going, to de- aren't going to be the determinative factor. It's not what I think. It's what God says. That's what matters. So the sheep will be guided, will be de- uh, divided from the goats in the final day of judgment by the Lord himself. Remember, he adds the saved to his church, which is his body. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18. The church is the body of Christ. No wonder he adds the saved to the church because that's his body. And so the saved come into that very special relationship with the Savior as being part of his body, the church. In John chapter 12, in verse 48, Jesus said, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. We will be held accountable for following the teachings 
believing in them and following them faithfully on a consistent basis of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Human reason, (laughs) pretty much by nature, runs counter to divine wisdom. I really think it's, it, it's instructive what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And beginning with verse 20, he asked this rhetorical question. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe, the one who's supposed to be so learned and knowledgeable? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom, that is through its own wisdom, did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now, where do you think the bulk of that preaching takes place? In the church. God in his wisdom laid out that simple, straightforward, easy-to-understand methodology through which people could learn about salvation in Christ. That simple avenue of methodology is through preaching. Do you think you need to be a part of the church? Absolutely. Absolutely. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts, says the Lord. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. Sometimes we look at some of God's requirements for us or his teachings, even some of his commandments, and we scratch our head and say, why? Why is that necessary? Because God said so, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His knowledge is higher than our knowledge. In fact, there's no comparison between what he knows and his goodness and righteousness and what we know, and what we would consider to be goodness and righteousness, purely from a human perspective. Only God can save. Only God. Only God can save. Ephesians 2 and verse 8, you're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Only God can save. We can't save ourselves, but God can save us, and only God can save us. And he has laid out the plan for our salvation if we will come to him through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In John 3, that's John 14 and verse 6. John 3 and verse 16, familiar verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But here's the problem, man's greatest problem, sin. Your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. We have to recognize our sin condition, and come to God through Jesus Christ for forgiveness as we're baptized into him. So the blood that he shed on the cross, dying thereon as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins so that that blood can cleanse us of the guilt of our sins. 
Only God can save. And he gave his word so that we can know about his church. And he gave his church so that we can know about his word. That's not double talk. That's exactly the truth of the matter. In 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15, if I am delayed, Paul writes, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of the living God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The church is there, and God's word teaches us about the importance of being a part of the Lord's church. Again, the Lord adds to the church daily those who come to salvation through him. And the church is here to teach us God's word. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Do you see how they all come together? Do you see the importance of the church? At least are you beginning to? You need the church, and you need to be a member of it, a faithful, consistent member of the Lord's church. We'll look a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son to establish his church upon this earth. Thank you for blessing us with the opportunity to be a member of his church and to receive thereby all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in him. Help us to recognize the importance of this relationship with you through the church and to embrace it, Father, we pray. Please forgive us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.